Welcome to Testimony, a musician story. Heard at TestimonyStories.com and narrated by myself, Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. Let's get started. One half of the social club duo is Marty Marr. Marty Marr was born Martin Lorenzo Santiago on June 8, 1987, in Staten Island, New York. Everyone in his family calls him Lorenzo. At the same time, say I'm magnificent. Cause the words running off this pen must be heaven sent. The coaches say we don't need God. Listen, youngin, a day gonna come and a day gonna come. Trust it. Praying for you now, cause I know you need a cousin. Yeah, you gotta love it. He grew up in a two-parent Christian household with a Sicilian mother who teaches and a Puerto Rican father who's a doctor and a well-known gospel piano and organ player. Young Lorenzo was the only boy in the house and has two sisters. Hey, you know that accident-prone kid who couldn't walk and chew gum at the same time? Well, that was Lorenzo. Growing up, I always just got into accidents at all times. So my parents were like, you know what? We have to move from New York because Martin's going to kill himself in two years. And so uh, let's go down to to Miami. My dad transferred. Also, my grandmother and my grandfather, they both moved down here. So, you know, that's what old people do. They, they retire in Florida. I have a little sister. She's 23, and she just got married. His name is Jesus. The first time I met him, I was like, hey, He's like, hey, my name is Jesus. And I said, no, I refuse to call you after my Lord and Savior. (laughs) My mom has nine brothers and sisters, and they all have girls. And then my dad, they all have girls too. So I'm the only one. It's a mess. It's a mess. I know how to blow dry hair very well. That's all I'm going to say. I'm going to leave it at that. Just growing up was very, it was fun. We had that family. We always hang out. I'd rather hang out with my mom than anyone else. I'd rather hang out with my dad. I grew up a little screw up, and everybody knows I was. Uh, I never went to school much, yeah, but everybody knew who I was. I was just a little bad kid. I was so sarcastic. I don't care what you tell me, cause nothing really matters. Uh, the Santiago's moved to Miami when Lorenzo was a young boy. His father traveled a lot while opening up several practices in different areas, and this caused the family to move frequently, which meant Lorenzo had to attend many schools in the middle of the school year. God made me cause it meant to, but now I gotta let go. Oh, I hate how things turned out, but they say that's how life goes, and I hope things work out. I guess someday we might know. Telling everybody I'm fine. I mean that. That's what I'm good at. Everybody knows I'm lying. And I wish we could go back. Uh-huh, uh-huh. 
person we kept moving around so I'd always get a new school and so one thing about where I grew up when third grade came around I went to like four different schools I remember going to one school that was not in a great area and then going into a nice as my dad kept moving and growing his company his company kept blowing up um, we moved to a different place and a different place and so I remember I went to this place called Riverside Elementary I didn't know multiplication like we were gonna learn that as a young kid and it sounds so stupid but I remember it because it had like a big impact but we were going to learn multiplication and division in the second half of the school year. But in the nicer schools, the kids were, it sounds crazy, but the kids were almost smarter. So they learned that way before I did. So when I would go to these new schools in the nicer areas, I wouldn't know what the heck was going on. So that everyone would think I'm like stupid. So all the kids would like make fun of me and they'd be like, you know, what's your problem? Like, he's just like, all right, Marty, what's the... Uh, Who's uh, George Washington Carver? And I'm like, the guy who carved up George Washington? I, I don't know. Like, you know, like my parents were, I didn't know what was going on. And it was like all that moving had a big effect on me. It was just kind of like bad. Like it almost started like the bullying years of my life of just people who would like talk about me and, and be mean to me. And I remember growing up and I never would fight with people. Like I was a very nice kid growing up. My parents would always, my parents would always fight in front of me. Like, but as a young kid, I just, I don't, I never heard like a curse word. Like I was very sheltered. And I remember a girl saying, you're stupid. And all I knew was saying, Hey, you're a stupid idiot. And then she'd be like, well, you're this. And I'm like, I'm out of things to say. Someone told me a line. Like, I don't know what to say. You know, I was so innocent going to school and being exposed to like these kids. And it was just a different world. And, it was almost like I missed going to the school where like, the poor neighborhood was like the kids were nicer and were more community driven. And the richer area that I ended up moving to was like all the kids were more snotty and bratty and was like, you know, I got new shoes. And that's it's like the priorities were different. So me having my priorities of I want to be my I want to have friends. Now the kids are were in third, fourth grade thinking I want new Jordans. I want to, I, I didn't understand that. And I was like, like it was weird to me. After elementary, Lorenzo had the opportunity to finally settle into a school. He enjoyed that experience, but then things changed again. I feel like, yeah, I got a new chance to start again. My father told me do whatever my heart is in. My said she's worried, but I'm not stupid. I just don't know where in the world my heart has been. Spent too much money on cardigans. Social club misfits is what I am I had a good middle school, same kids every single year, sixth, seventh to eighth grade, because I went to a private school, um, a Christian school, that met all my good friends and I love them to death. And when high school came around, the same thing happened, where you switch schools, you didn't learn a lot of things that everyone learned. And so again, academically, I was at the worst ever. I was a loner by myself all the time, could not make a friend for my life. I tried so hard. People would just pick on me. I go to Bully Central and people are, just, you know, they're, they're pushing you around. And I had kids tell me to my face, like, I'm going to kill you. Don't go to school tomorrow. And um, it really damaged me 
and it actually made me very protective. And so it's always been hard for me to make friends because, you know, I never really grew up with a lot of friends. So the friends that I do have, I cherish them. High school just sucked. It was the worst. Hated it. I didn't fit in at all. I was into reading and books and my friends were, or so-called friends were into partying and drinking. And I remember I'd go to parties and be like, I don't know what to do. And like, I would just be like, all right, and just leave early because I feel so embarrassed that I don't, I don't fit in. And I always felt like there was something wrong with me. Around 18, I really went to church, got saved. And I remember getting, really having my first experience with God and sitting on my knees in youth group by myself. Nobody's next to me. Didn't really know a lot of people and saying, God, like, you're the only friend I have. It sucks. Like, I, I don't want this for myself. Like, I'm sad all the time. I don't, like, feel like I even belong on this earth. Like, it sucks. Just, like, something as a, something's are you as a kid. And one of those things is not having good friends that love you. And thank God I had good parents. But it's almost like when you're in the, that age, you don't really care about your parents because you just are on this, like, weird stage of finding who you, who you are. But I remember getting on my knees and just telling God, like, whatever you want, Lord, I'll do it. Like, send me every, anywhere you want me to go. Yeah, and you can put that on my city. Everybody pick a side so you know who's going with me. Uh, going to the rendezvous, say what up to Richie. Yeah. Church in a while, go to church with a smile. Just to cover the way I haven't been to church in a while. Huh. Something about his love that just makes me want to cry. Yeah. I mean, you felt this way inside. Tell people you good, but you know you just lied. I was in the middle when my two worlds collide. I guess it would be better if I lay down and die. Uh-uh, yeah, that's not gonna happen. I'd rather earn a degree than start rapping. I mean, I'm smarter than lights, camera, action. Two seasons behind when it comes to fashion. Yeah, but somehow I made it through. Beat it by your side if it's happening to you. Shout out to my family who always helped me through. And shout out to my savior, I was made for you. Social. Testimony. Testimony, where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Connect with Testimony and Musician Story through social media. Find links to our Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and more at TestimonyStories.com. grew up with a strong foundation, parents who did a lot of missionary work and a strong, tight-knit family that worshiped together, the fact that he didn't have very many friends and was bullied throughout childhood really affected him mentally and spiritually. And the result was he suffered with depression. I think the worst time was 
um, graduating high school because don't know what to do with your life, feeling like an idiot. You have no friends. You have nobody to kind of be there for you. I mean, I had good family support, but I just remember being in a pit. Like, I always got in trouble. That's one thing about me. Like, because I didn't do good in school, because I didn't have friends, like, I acted out. Like, I would act out. My mom would constantly get calls, constantly get referrals, always with Saturday detention. Even if, like, I didn't get one, I was so used to going that I'd go to Saturday detention. And, like, after a while, you feel so stupid, you almost feel like you're worth it. Like, that's just the feeling. And when you don't have a sense of Christ and identity in your life, you really feel like, what is the point of living? So like this, if I died, no one would even care. Except for my parents, no one would even care. Like, it always made me feel bad that, like, I wouldn't have anyone in my funeral, which is even, like, it made me even more sad. Like, I just went through it. I just really went through it. Christ, when he came into my life, had to do a lot of identity work, a lot of cleaning, because... Um, I was my worst enemy. Where do I belong? I may never know. I feel like I'm far behind. So far behind. So far behind. So far behind. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. The depression had increasingly gotten worse and morphed into thoughts of suicide. I'm finished the first time. The last time it was around 23, 24. That was the last time I really struggled with it, like heavy. There was one time where I was really, I had like, I was sitting in my bathtub and I had razors. I actually never told anybody this and it kind of makes me sad thinking about it because I think about I wouldn't be here right now. But I remember slicing my wrist was an option. And, you know, you're a kid, and, like, I'm 18, and I'm always like, you know, that's going to hurt. But I was always afraid that my mom was going to, like, do something crazy because my mom really loved me. My mom really just loves me. I remember my mom saying once, like, if you ever do that, I'd kill myself, you know, and that always, like, freaked me out, which makes me really embarrassed. Depression is not something to joke around with. It's like a spirit. It is, I feel like it's a spirit. I have friends that, like, have killed themselves in the past, and it, to me, like, when I see it, it's almost like a, I don't want to say it's like a sucker's way out, but it's almost like a very, it's a very selfish thing. Like, it's just the enemy. He just lies to you and says, you, you know, you don't really belong here. Like, what's the point of being alive, you know? So I really had those feelings and struggling and um, it sucked. It just it wasn't fun. It makes me sad thinking about it, actually. The thing I've really learned about suicide is it's not a joke, first off. And the second thing is, Everybody almost has that feeling of identity. And if you have nothing there, it's easy to be like, you know, what's the point of living? But that's how the enemy starts. And it always starts with a little something. One thing I don't want to ever do is glorify it or make it seem like it's cool in any way or it's like popular. It's just not. It sucks. It sucks to like go home and feel like you hate yourself. Like you look in the mirror and you see. One thing that really hurt me too was seeing celebrities, like seeing how everyone's so pretty and like I'm not like I don't fit that description of way everyone looks and that sucks I feel like it's worse for girls so I know for me it wasn't that bad considering what girls have to go through with their body images and the way they look and how you're supposed to act so it's funny that we can we're relating on the subject of it's all the identity 
Like, what, what are you here for? What are you living for? Like, what is it? To me, personally, it's all what your anchor is. Like, what's your core? Like, what is in your heart? What's in your soul? Like, what keeps you alive? Like, what keeps you going? And to me, the expression of that is Jesus. Like, you know, his purpose for our life, God's work in our life, God's love for us. You know, it's something that it's unexplainable, but gives you hope and gives you and that's why I can say that this is my one scripture is that he will never leave nor forsake. In my darkest time of my life, like God was there. And I think back and I think back of sitting in my bathtub just crying. I don't know, all I can say is God just saved my life. And I owe him everything. He gave me the identity that I needed to make to sustain my life. He never left me. I was, God always loved me through it all. And um, obviously I'm not perfect. And that love and that grace and new understanding of like, wow, God loves me so much. It gives you like a purpose just to be loved. Like that's something that we need. We all need to be loved. Listen, I relate to kids when they feel left out I'm sitting all alone, feeling empty in this house And I think about the nights I spent all by myself Got too much pride to ever ask you for help I told my mom whatever that she needs, she can have it One of three couples I know with a good marriage My friend and his wife don't even share a mattress This can't happen to us, baby, it's tragic I miss when we were all a big family Get-togethers, tell me if you even still think of me my uncle and I haven't spoken in a second And I blame him for the bad relationship with my cousin I lost a pastor, my aunt lost a husband Feeling is mutual cause I don't even trust him And now I put my trust in the God who first loved me Misfit in my blood, everybody's normal but me What is this feeling that I'm feeling When I look at this misfit in the mirror Feel like I missed it, then it feels like a lie. Now I feel like I'm lying. It's a side of Mingo Mora, 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 Mora. And this is a Like what you're hearing so far? Check us out at testimonystories.com. That's testimonystories with an S.com. Where you can hear content for you and about you. Everyone has a testimony. Everyone has a testimony. And we want to hear yours. Tell us how God has transformed your life. Each month, we will select a person to highlight and interview. Find out more at TestimonyStories.com. Testimony. Testimony. Where Christian hip-hop artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Lorenzo received that love that he desperately craved for from God, and he made it through what he thought was his darkest hour. Little did he know that another one was right around the corner and his faith was truly going to be tested. I got involved in the church and worked there. I ended up becoming the youth pastor for five years. They put me to Bible school, loved it. My head pastor was amazing, just an awesome man of God. Everything was perfect. And then out of nowhere, everything really went sour. The pastor got involved in this big controversy. And then one day he comes into the church 
and he uh, decides that he no longer wants to be with uh, his wife, my church. No one's going to take me out of it. And, like, he kind of thought in his mind that we were going after him, but we weren't. So one day, I'm working there, my sister's working there, in the middle of church, in front of everybody. On a Sunday morning, he kicks literally me and my sister out. He says, if I'm going to be at this church, then Martin Santiago and Carolyn Santiago and their entire family is going to be kicked out of the church. It's either me or them. So the elders get up, and he goes, I want them to choose. They already know what's going on. They knew beforehand. I didn't know, but they knew. So I didn't give the elders a chance. I knew what they were going to choose. I walk out. With my whole entire family, the guy, the pastor who raised me for six years, I mean, this is the guy who I've spent my life with, cried with, you know, talked with, had our conversations, traveled with. I mean, it wasn't like something where it's like, oh, I see him. It's something like I was doing life with this guy. Like, he was the next thing I had to a father. Now, here's the kicker of it all. That pastor was actually my uncle. He was not my blood uncle. He was, he was married in to my aunt. So he not only kicked my family out, he kicked my aunt out. I mean, my whole life was based around church. So I went to having this huge family of church people, of my cousin. You know, when I was growing up, I always wanted a brother, and that was the closest thing I had. And I cried with that kid, and he saw my heart, and we had this salvation experience. So, And one day, out of nowhere, it all disappeared. And they wanted nothing to do with me. I didn't do anything. Like, I didn't do it. I wasn't even involved. So to me, it was a big shock. And I remember leaving church that day looking at my youth group that I was building and um, saying, don't ever leave God, no matter what happens. And then afterwards, the next year, like not really going to church anymore and having my lowest point I've ever had. It got to the point where I was like, maybe I should find a gun and just it'd be quicker. Or maybe I can hang myself or maybe like, and now it got like really demonic. Like it got really heavy on my heart and I would cry very emotional and it really wrecked me, and it made me who I am today, actually. So I don't regret it because I really feel like I needed that to, for God to really have this authentic relationship with me. But at the same time, it was one of those things where, at the time, it sucked. It was the worst. It was just horrible. And I don't wish that on anybody because it was so – the level of pain was very internal. It wasn't out. Like, it wasn't like an outside where it would, I would just see it heal. It was more of like I was scarred. So on top of me growing up, dealing with people who didn't like me, not having friends, the friends that I ended up making growing up, I lose them all again. So it was just a bad time for me. It was just a really, really bad time. And that was around 23, 24. So I got really jacked up. Then. But God's grace. <laughs> if it wasn't for his grace. So. Uh, yeah. let's, let's go. Marty Marty. Christ in my life and things a lot different, different than the way they used to be. Looking through his love and now I know me, I know. We can change this world forgotten, open up the eyes of those who lost him. This is a love that gives new breath and now I got a cool hop in my For years, Lorenzo internalized his pain but one of his friends helped him to discover an outlet. That outlet was not only creative, but therapeutic at the same time. My one friend in school, his name is Gavi, G. Styles. He produces for a lot of people. And he got me into rapping. He was like, yo, you should, you should rap and I'll make beats and stuff. And at the time, 
he made beats and stuff. And like, that's how I started. And then that was like around 18, 17, 18. And around 19, I told God, Hey, I don't want to do this anymore. I did this. I did an album with Rama soul. Um, dope beats, good news one. And I did like a couple songs and then I was like, Hey, I'm never doing this again. I'm going to be a youth pastor. I can't focus on traveling and doing shows and be a youth pastor. My heart is to pastor. It's not to do music. So, so for five years, I gave it up. Then when I got kicked out of the church, it got so bad that um, I started writing songs of all the sad things that I would go through, and I ended up putting it behind the music. artists give you an exclusive look into their lives and their music. Take a journey into the minds of today's top Christian hip-hop artists as they open up and share about their past, their faith, and their music in ways you've never heard before. Put on your favorite pair of headphones or turn the stereo volume up and listen. Everyone has a testimony and we want to hear yours. Tell us how God has transformed your life. Each month, we will select a person to highlight and interview. Find out more at TestimonyStories.com. Testimony. Download the podcast of Testimony and Musician Story on iTunes. Find out how at TestimonyStories.com. A Musician's Story. He was featured on four out of the ten songs found on Rima Soul's 2008 Dope Beats, Good News. After his hiatus, he came back in 2011 and released two mixtapes, Please Don't Make Me Look Bad and When Darkness Falls. Those albums helped to craft the artists that we now know as Social Club's Marty Marr. You know, that funny, awkward guy. And at 26, Marty is a virgin focusing on the Lord. I was reading this book and it blew me away. It really challenged me as like a man. 
um, you know, looking for that future wife. And I was like, man, I'm not ready. I have music. I have this. She's being ignored. So I made a decision just to be single and to give my heart to music, give my heart to God, to run as fast as I can towards God, um, do as much music as I can. And then one day I feel like there'll be somebody running right next to me who understands my calling and I'll understand their calling and we can support each other. I feel like our calling is to run as fast as we can towards God, as hard as we can, as fast as we can. And if you ever have to slow down for somebody, that's not the person for you. What you should be doing is running as fast as you can or looking on your left or your right. And the person running with you, that's the person you're supposed to be with. Yeah, I just, um, I, I just want to say some things. So... When I see you, my stomach feels like butterflies are, are flying in it And truthfully, i never been in love So I guess I wouldn't even know the difference I just want to use any excuse to, to stay with you just a little bit longer And you might not know it, but I dream about us when I sit on top of my car Cause I like looking into the stars and feeling the breeze roll against my arms And um, when we're together, I'm not on my phone Cause I only want to talk to you, I mean I don't even rhyme right and I just want you to know how I feel like I'm awkward and I joke around and I want to share a straw with you and a milkshake and wear matching shirts and be that couple that all the couples hate. Let's be weird together and, and happy and I'll hold you when you cry and you can always have my heart. Let's run away to a place where no Thank you for listening to Testimony, a musician story. This has been a Brown Theory production and an 83 Media production. To hear this episode again, as well as past episodes, visit TestimonyStories.com. Until next time, I'm Brown Theory, the music lover constantly seeking positive music. Maybe some kids. Oh, it's weird, but I just, I want to see you, and I see you at the cafeteria, and I'm in your homeroom, and I love you, and I'm stupid, and I'm sorry, and I just wanted to tell you to your face, and I'm awkward.